Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all of our viewers and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to my guest today, Professor Brother Bashir Ahmad Shah. How are you, Brother Bashir? Alhamdulillah. Uh, uh, be better. Uh, um, just hanging out, brother. Just, just, just hanging out, learning every day, bro. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So our guest today, um, alhamdulillah, I'm coming back to the podcast after a decently long hiatus, um, looking after the family's health and Ramadan and different things like that, trying to come back with a little bit more, what's it called, energy. And inshallah, Brother Bashir has agreed to do you know, a few episodes, inshallah, to cover many different elements of Ahmadiyya. And uh, Brother Bashir, mashallah, He's a very good brother. He's giving a lot of time, a lot of efforts to spread the awareness of what Ahmadiyya is or what Qadianis are, who they are. And uh, Brother Bashir himself used to be a Qadiani. He accept, re-accepted or accepted Islam in 2017. He's served in the U.S. military. Um, he, you know, he, and now he's, you know, actively pursuing Islamic knowledge himself and he's also trying to teach people about what Ahmadiyya is and you know trying to you know so somebody actually asked me because there's a in, in Pakistan you know people usually refer to them as Qadianis not Ahmadis and one of my friends his name is Ahmad and he was like why are you calling them Ahmadiyas uh, or Ahmadis and I was, I was like look I'm trying to uh, you know the brother his you know his blog is Ahmadiyya fact check blog um, and I want to keep it flush and he started laughing. And I'm like, why are you laughing? He's like, it's like one of those Mirza Ghulam Ahmed jokes about how he died. I was like, no, that's not what it was supposed to be. It was unintentional. But what's it called? But alhamdulillah, we have Brother Bashir today. He's going to be giving us a lot of knowledge, a lot of insight about, you know, how Ahmadiyya works, what it is. And he himself being born in Rabwa, um, you know, he, he comes with a lot of knowledge and a lot of inside information. Brother Bashir, what would you like to let us know about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm the typical uh, grew up American kid, uh, grew up a Qadiani, so, and uh, I grew up a Qadiani Amdi, and the, that's the proper way to say it. There's also Lahori Amdi, and then yeah. there's Rogue Amdi, you know, and I've asked them, well, you know, because cause the, the Qadiani Amdi's don't want to call the other guys Amdi, and it's like, well, then what's the definition of an Amdi? And the, the, they'll say, oh, it's someone who believes where this from you know uh, uh, any person who believes in miracle and wants to self-identify as an amity they should let them but they won't it, it, so it's real tricky and they used to love to be called al qadiani when they moved to pakistan in 1947 they they shed that identity and they didn't want to be called that anymore. Before that, they proudly said it. In fact, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed said one of his names from his god was Mirza Ghulam Ahmed Qadiani. So, so all propaganda. You know, now they say it's a cuss word to them. So we say, okay, I'll say Qadiani Amdi as a solution, and, and then they'll still be mad. But I'm like, hey, there's also Lahori Amdi. So I just got to be clear on who I'm identifying uh, in this situation. So... Uh, so yeah, to that, then yeah, I was born in Rabwa, and, and, and Rabwa is actually a word in the Quran, uh, chapter 23, verse 50. Um, and it was always described in Tafsir ibn Kathir, in authentic Hadith, all four schools of thought, even the Shia. <laughs> it was always explained as this was about the birth of Isa al-Islam, and how Allah helped 
Mariam, and because uh, she was all alone. They turned it into, no, this is about the death, the alleged death, astaghfirullah, of Isa al-Islam that happened 90 years after the event of crucifixion in Kashmir, India. And they say his mom was there too because they would have to solve the verse says both are there. <laughs> the verse doesn't say one of them is there. The verse says they're both there. So then, then they say, hmm, okay, we're going to say Mary also died in, in modern-day Pakistan, and she fled with Isa al-Islam. So that's the controversy there, and, and now it's called uh, Janab Nagar. It's not called Rubwa anymore by law. Uh, it was changed by the, by the Punjab government. And honestly, that was an illegal land land given to the Amity movement for on a 99-year lease by the British government, pseudo-British government, the Pakistani people who were on behalf of the British government, they gave these people a headquarters for pennies on the nickel. No other community, the Shia, didn't get their own city. The Sikhs didn't get a city. The I mean, the Sikhs could have got ba uh, Dera Baba Baba Nanak is like a city called called uh, Dera Baba Nanak. They could have given them that. The Christians in Pakistan didn't get a land, piece of land. Um, I mean, you name it. But these guys got it. So they've they, they've always got special treatment, and uh, that's how they they were able to build their community in Pakistan because they had a headquarters where they could sublease land to other amities. So the Pakistani government leased it to the Khalifa. So the Khalifa then sold it to Amnis who wanted, who moved in. And, and then my mom had a mamu, an uncle who lived there. So in 1979, uh, while she was pregnant, uh, she shows up to, to Pakistan and that's where I was born. So uh, those are the first two stories, brother. Uh, 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 um, what else you got? What else do I have? So yeah. you got to let us know about the origin of the Ahmadiyya movement. How did it start? Because one of the things I was reading was, you know, when he started, um, I think his dad had already passed away, right? And uh, right. And you, you told me a little bit when we were messaging, you told me a little bit about his father. But his father had, like, in fact, built a masjid in Qadian where they were. And, uh, you know, and then obviously when he started his, you know, preaching, they made it into an Ahmadi masjid. And I was reading a little bit more where he was talking about his, his children from his first marriage. And it said that one of his sons didn't even join his own movement and he died as a Muslim. Both of his eldest sons didn't join. His dad would have slapped him silly if, if, he, if he would have made his claims in front of his dad. His dad wasn't having it. All right. Uh, um, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed was the typical rich kid in the village who doesn't want to work, who doesn't want to do anything. There's no masjid in Qadian. There was no masjid. Mirza Ghulam Ahmed never went to a masjid in his youth. How does that make any sense? He never went to a Juma. Like, it, it's like, bro, okay, you can pray at home, bro, if you're an old man or, you, I, I don't know, I don't know. But uh, as a young kid, what, go to the masjid, bro, you know, but there isn't even one in his city. So he would have to walk 10 miles. I'd walk uh, 10 miles on a Friday, taking about three, four hours. I, I would have did it in the village. You got nothing else to do. There's no phone. There's no radio. There's no television. Literally, you have nothing else to do. Or I would have got on a horse, you know, and <laughs> and did it in an hour. So, uh, um, yeah, and he, his dad wasn't very religious. Um, his dad was like a non-religious person. Um, 
you know, uh, uh, generations before him were Muslim, I guess, regular Al-Sunnah Wajamah, um, but not very religious at all. So so his dad even said he, um, he had a dream where he, he, he met the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and in the dream, he gave him a counterfeit dollar or something like that. And it's like, what? what? So these are the kind of people that we're talking about here who uh, the Sikhs came in and and took their city, uh, uh, ran them out the city. Then the, the Sikhs let them come back, but they had to join the Sikh military. Now, how many Muslims were in Ranjit Singh's military? I think there were some, you know. Uh, I don't know where they ended up. I don't know what they ended up doing. But the majority weren't, <laughs> right? Probably 95% wouldn't join the Sikh military. They'd rather be poor or something like that. I, I don't exactly remember. But Mirza Glamam's dad and his uncles joined up. They even, um, there's a, 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 a guy who's considered a mujaddid. I, I forget his name. Sayyid Ahmed, uh, the, the mujaddid of the 13th century or something like that. I don't remember off the top of my head. But Mirza Glamam's dad helped kill him as he was doing jihad against the Sikhs in Kashmir. So, <laughs> so, so then the British show up, and Mirza Glamama's dad and his brothers switch, they switch it up, and they join the British military. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, like, how did you survive? You were in the Sikh military. The, the British went to war with them. They beat them, uh, and then they let you join the British military? Like, okay, I guess that's what they did. I don't know. So he joined the British military, there, there's no more work. Then in 1857, if, if, if anyone's listening from the Indian um, subcontinent, you have to know about the freedom fight of 1857. And it wasn't regular people like me and you. It was military. It was Muslims, Sikhs, and Hindus in the British military in India who were given a new gun. And um, I, I can't remember the name of the gun off the top of my head, but uh, this gun had bullets that uh, had pig fat, were, had, were made of pig fat and beef fat. So, you know, a Muslim can't touch it. <laughs> or, you, you know, or, or I think that they had to lubricate the gun with uh, a packet of beef fat or pig fat. So you got to bite into this thing and then pour, and then pour it. So some situation like that. Um, and so the soldiers were like, no, we're not going to do it. So the soldiers in the British military, they, it, it was a mutiny. And it didn't work. So uh, Mirza Glamama's father heard about this, and he got 50 horses, got a bunch of boys together, and they rode out to help the British. They, they, they caught these um, uh, uh, soldiers. And remember, uh, Mirza Glamama's dad and the British have the new gun that has like 400 yards of range or like 100 yards of range. And these guys got the older gun with like 50 yards of range. So it's like, bro, you're not going to win. You're, not, yeah. you're just not going to win. If we're in a field, you can't even hit me from, from 100 yards away. Whereas, whereas I'm picking you off. It doesn't matter if you're brave. It doesn't matter if you're whatever. If, if you can just get picked off because the gun has more range. You know, so because of that, because of what Mirza, Mirza Glamam's dad did for the British military in a time of need, that was uh, 1857 in India was the biggest loss for the British government since America won the War of Independence in 1776. So they hadn't lost like this in like 80 years. So they're like, what is going on? So to reward Mirza Glamama's father, they gave him the rights to Qadian, 
they gave him rights to villages. They they gave him a pension, a monthly pension. And and um, this story is hilarious. So so around the first few payments, you know, uh, uh, um, nowadays you get direct deposit. Back then you had to go pick up the money. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Mirza Mamma goes to pick up the money, and then doesn't come home for like two months, for like some time, three weeks. You know, he just didn't come home, <laughs> right? So he writes a letter to his dad, and he tells him, yeah, I spent all the money. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then he blames it on his cousin, you know, like, brother, um, are you Pakistani, brother? I didn't ask. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Pakistani, yeah. So you know all about the cousins, and they're telling, they're like, no, I didn't do it, my cousin did it. You know, but he was like, well, wasn't he with you the whole time? If both of you guys were together, then you can't blame one guy. Both of you are involved. Yeah. So, so and um, um, Mr. Glomham has got two kids. <laughs> he's like almost 30 years old at this point. He's like, no, he's like, uh, in because in, it's 1862, 1863. So he's like 22. He's a man, bro. Um, and he, he spent all the pension money on what? What could he have spent it on? He didn't invest it or, like, build a building or buy clothing. <laughs> I mean, he spent it on eating and drinking and drugs probably and women. So um, uh, have, a, have a good time, as they say. Yeah, and uh, Lahore is right there. Hiramundi is right there. He admitted to to going to Hiramundi uh, um, later on uh, in, in in a different book. He said when he would go to Lahore, he'd go to, go to Hiramundi. Um so he's that kind of guy, um, and you know he's on the opium. So, uh, um, so that's sort of sort of the background. So, b- because Mirza Glamama did this, his his dad said, "Okay, boy, now you got to work. <laughs> now you got to work, and and you got to pay us back. And and you know you're in so much trouble, you can't come home till your mom dies. Uh, somehow in Desi culture, you know sometimes they blame the mom. Mom, I could do it." <laughs> right, even like in-laws or like, no, it's the dad. Oh, it's no, it's so and so's fault. So, um, Mirza Glamam goes to Sialkot to work in a court. Uh, his daddy got him the job with the British government, so he goes to court and he works there for four years. Um, and he never goes to any masjid. <laughs> Again, he never goes for Jummah. He never goes to congregational prayers. Uh, they said he met up with some Christians and he debated Christianity with them. Um, you know, uh, there was a guy named Reverend Butler, but if Sialkot was, uh, like the Christian missionaries, it was like one of their headquarters. So he's there. His mom died 1868. And you know, back then, bro, if someone dies, it takes time for the news to get out. Yeah, so yeah, you're not yeah. going to, you're not going to make the funeral, bro. Yeah. If you're in a different city, bro, it's just not going to happen. So his mom dies. His dad sends a servant. The servant picks him up, tells him, yes, she's already dead. And now he's back. So about seven, eight years later, his dad dies. And then he starts saying, uh, I'm getting, he starts getting these revelations. <laughs> right? He starts saying, I'm hearing, no, I'm hearing voices. Um, and then he says, okay, so he starts to affiliate with Ali Hadith, Muslims of North India. Um, his best friend is Ali Hadith, Nuruddin. In Sialkot, there were a bunch of Ali Hadiths. It, it was another Ali Hadith center. Like Christian missionaries were there. Ali Hadith was like a new thing in, in North India. Um, sort of like 
the Salafi movement or, or the Wahhabi movement that was going on in, in Saudi Arabia. Um, so it's new. Remember, in the Mughal Empire, there was none of this. The Mughal Empire yeah. was Hanafi. Yeah, yeah. They're Hanafi. You could be a Sufi. They're okay with you being a Sufi. You know, uh, I think they banned the Shia from, from, from beating themselves in the street or something like that. Or, you know, they were hard on people, but they allowed the Sikhs to build the Golden Temple. Yeah. They let them do it. So, um, um, so it's so, so Mirza Glam and his dad dies. The, so now the pension's over. He's out of money. Now he's just sitting around. He's like, uh, no one's going to feed me. My first wife doesn't like me. His two kids are grown. They don't really like him. Uh, uh, he's got all these issues. So, so he says, okay, I'm going to write a book called, uh, uh, Barahini uh, Ahmadiyya, and I'm going to write 300 arguments that prove that Islam is superior to all religions. So he publishes these announcements, and and, and he he gets funding from the Queen of Bhopal, her husband, <clears throat> from a bunch of alleys of these people. They give him money, um, and they say, okay. And Ms. Gollum says he's already got the book, 300 arguments proving that Islam is superior. So. He gets the money, he publishes one volume, second volume, he published one and two together. In the third volume, he starts his argument, his first argument is, is, is Islam is better be, be, because we have prophethood. And I'm getting these revelations. And it's like, that's not true. Uh, Islam is better in many ways, but there's no more prophethood, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... <clears throat> He quotes, uh, bro, he quotes the last 10 verses of uh, Surah Qaf, I think. Um, and as we know, Surah Qaf is supposed to be used to protect against the, the doll, right? Yeah. Uh, first, yeah. first 10 and last 10. One of the last 10 um, is something about if, the, if, if, if ink was in the ocean, the words of Allah would never end or something like that. I don't, there's another verse that's similar to it. He quotes this verse and says the words of Allah never end. It's like, what? So, so, so then he starts saying uh, that he is Isa al-Islam, but, but he's saying, no, I'm only like him. I fulfilled the criteria of the Messiah, but he's like, but I'm not him. It's like, what? Like, what do you say? Like, you said you were going to give um, 300 arguments to prove that Islam is better. Instead, you're, you're claiming prophethood in a weird way, in a scary way. And you're, you're, you're saying that you resemble Isa al-Islamah, subhanAllah, in every possible way. And then he stops. After volume four, he doesn't publish another volume for 24 years. Till after he died, they published the fifth volume. But hold on. There's only one argument, and he didn't even finish his first argument. So he took all this money, didn't do what he was going to do. The Ali Hadith people read it, and they're like, oh, he's a gopher. <laughs> this guy's not a Muslim. Look at what he look at what he's writing. So his best friend, who is also Ali Hadith, uh, um, Sayyid, Sayyid Muhammad Hassan Batalvi, says, "No, no, no. We're, we're we're misunderstanding. We're just not understanding him right. He's an innocent guy. He's a good guy. I know him. I grew up with him. My dad knows his family. He's okay." So 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 Mirza Ghulam goes quiet. He left it alone for four or five years. All of a sudden. In, at the end of 1890, beginning 1891, he comes out and says, uh, I'm the Muslim. No, first he says uh, um, his God told him Isa al-Aslam is dead. And 
his God also told him that he is the second coming. So now his friend Batalavi looks like an idiot. Because <laughs> they're like, bro, what happened? You said he wasn't. We called him Capper. You said no. We kind of fell back and said maybe we made a mistake. He, he proves that he lied a few years later. He claims it's not metaphoric. He's actually Isa al-Aslam, astaghfirullah. Uh, what is going on? So, but, uh, um, so his friend, his old friend, not his friend anymore, um, Sayyid, Sayyid Muhammad San Shah Badalavi says, you know, he goes off on him. He calls him a kafir, he calls him a you know, just whatever you would say, right? So that's the basic development. Uh, and then Mirza Ghulam Ahmed didn't claim prophethood initially. Uh, um, even in the Brahini Ahmadiyya, he went quiet. Then he claims to be the Messiah, and he says, but I'm not a prophet. Uh, and, and then he argues, well, the Messiah, when he would come, he would be a non-profit. It's like, is he, is he confused? It's like, what what happened here now? You know, now he's saying that the Messiah to come is is going to be a non-profit, a muhaddis, um, a metaphorical prophet. So, because all the Muslims are like, bro, you're you're okay. Forget the Isa claim. You were claiming prophethood. You're immediately out. We don't even have to go that far. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, we're not Mahdi or you, you want to go through verses, you want to go through Hadith. No, no, bro. You claim prophethood. It's game over. You were, and so, so Mr. Glam is like, no, even I consider the claimant of, of, of um, prophethood to be a kafir. And then Mr. Glam even said anyone who claims um, prophethood is wajibul gato. So it's like, what? So then, check this out. Ten, for 10 years, in 30 books, he says, I'm not a prophet, I'm not a prophet, I'm not a prophet. Metaphor. All of a sudden he says, uh, I was wrong this whole time. I've been a prophet this whole time. Oh, my God. I, I just misunderstood my claim. I didn't know that Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa can make other people prophets. Muhammad, sallallahu he cannot make anyone a prophet. Sorry. Only Allah makes a prophet, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it says that in the Quran. You know, um, I don't care how good a Muslim you are. <laughs> it just doesn't matter, bro. And Allah says he's not making anymore. So it's uh, it's over, you know. Um, Isa al-Islam is going to return. But that he was a prophet before Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad is the final prophet to be born. Uh, yeah. And that's the end of the story. So all of a sudden he says he is a, a Nabi, he's an Ummati. And, and he says anyone can be this. Anyone can follow. If you follow Muhammad Wasallam, you can reach this level. Then he says... Yeah, so, so I've heard this where they say things like, he said that you, you know, this is something you can attain through hard work or, you know, through your research and stuff like that. Yeah, that is craziness, right? He even said... He said even a kanjar can become a prophet. He was... You're <laughs> he joking. <argued. laughs> brother, I couldn't make this up, brother. I could not make this up. <laughs> I could not. He said uh, even a man who ate pork... <laughs> like, okay, I don't remember the quote because I, 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 I'm, I'm in my car. If I was in front of my computer, I'd pull it up. But uh, there's a quote from... Uh, I think it's Tidiakul uh, Kaloub. Uh, and I'll post the reference later where he was like... Anyone can be a prophet. <laughs> he was just like anyone. Okay, then he says, uh, so, 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 so now he's claimed it in an announcement. A year later, he says, 
oh, I'm the only one to have been given the name Nabi in the entire Ummah. It's like, well, but hold on, you said anyone could do it. Now you're saying it's only you, right? The, um, then he says, you know what? I'm the Hatam al what does that mean? Hold on. You just invented a new word that Muslims really haven't heard. You know what I mean? You're inventing stuff. You know, um, so he called himself the Hatam al And he says he's the only one. Uh, he's the last one to be sent. And it's like you're hinting that you're the last prophet now. You know, uh, <laughs> you keep changing your story. <laughs> right? So, so, so then that ends up being the line. So then he dies. And then uh, before he dies, he says, after him, the, uh, uh, the second manifestation will last forever. So, well, then they don't believe that there's more prophets. So anytime they want to talk to you about Hatam, this, this verse, that verse, they currently believe no one can claim a prophet to be a prophet in Ahmadiyya unless it's the Khalifa himself. So, so they don't even let other people claim prophethood. They'll immediately kick you out. Um, so, so I had a question. Um, so he he did say he got like revelations, right? Yeah. So, totally. what what was the name of his angel? I've heard many different things about that. That he said his angel's name was Tichi. <laughs> Bro, he had like fifteen weird angels. He even had a female angel. Uh, oh, okay. And then he he never saw Gabriel. <laughs> oh, okay. How funny is that? Because oh, because there's a there's a sheikh based out of Makkah, Maulana Makki Hijazi. He's like, zairi si baat hai agar Angrezo ka nabi hoga to Angrezi farishta hai, na? So you know, Tichi. <laughs> yeah. So he had he had one called Tichi Tichi. He had one called Dev Singh. <laughs> is even the scene. No, come on, man. <laughs> and remember, I'm doing this off of memory because I, I, I'm not in front of the computer. Yeah, I, yeah. I've written essays on, on all the angels. All you got to do is go to the blog, type in angels, and his angels will come up. And it's funny. He's got all these angels. The one he doesn't see is Gabriel. That's the one you needed to see, bro. Yeah. To be a prophet. <laughs> That's the one you really needed to come oh, in contact with, man. You know? Uh, what is going on? So, so, so then his family took over, turned it into a family business, and they changed. Okay, so he also said a- around the time that he claimed prophethood was that jihad is like it's over. Yeah, no yeah. more jihad. <laughs> yeah, they Let's say not that. Forget. Let's not forget. Because now they don't believe that. They, they switched it up. So they don't even believe what Mirza Ghulam Ahmed wrote anymore. 100 years later, 125 years later, they've changed it so much that it doesn't even align with what Mr. Glamour said um, on so many topics. You know, he even, uh, Mr. Glamour, even he tried to argue, astaghfirullah, it's hard for me to say it, that, that Jewish people meet with their fiancés before marriage. And he was alleging that Maryam and Yusuf met each other before marriage. Astaghfirullah. He, he was trying to say, so the Lahori Amdis, they believe, that uh, um, Isa al-Islam had a biological father, and Joseph was that biological father. They took out the miracle altogether. So the Lahori Amdis pulled it, pulled this from Mirza Glam Ahmed's own writing. See what I mean? So, um, so yeah, brother, there's there's so much. Uh, we'll, we'll, what else do you have um, specifically? Okay, so what's it called? Um, 
his first supporters like you know the development of the movement is dependent on his supporters so like you know you were talking about his i guess his khalifa who comes after him who are these first few khalifas who are they were they his relatives i mean you know it sort of seems like some sort of like a a family hierarchy you know kingdom sort of thing going on even like right now the guy currently right now who's in a lot of trouble because of you know i watched one of your recent episodes he's in a lot of trouble he should be in a lot of trouble he can't even recite the quran but one of the only reasons he's their khalifa is because he's you know his grandson or great-grandson or something like that like how does this work like who are his first followers right 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 so his first groups of followers were the, a lot of ali hadith muslims um who maybe they needed a job bro you know there were no jobs in british india 125 years ago what are, what are you gonna do you work in the field you're dead by 42 bro you yeah. know so it's like it's like what are you gonna do with your life you can't there's no factories they don't make weapons out there all, all the weapons are imported you're either a farmer uh a blacksmith maybe you know what i mean there's hard to pick so uh um nuruddin was the ali hadith uh he was his top follower he lived in the house together they all lived together brother and i, I don't even know if that's halal to live with slumber party, families. Bro. slumber party yeah they all just live together the women are freely mixing the men are freely mixing and these guys are not related to each other you know what i mean um so um after he dies they make nuruddin the halifa um nuruddin was the main ghost writer he's the one who gave the hutbah juma so remember uh mga didn't give hutbah juma ever in his life <laughs> um and that alone should have anyone leave Amadea, really. Bro, the guy doesn't give a, a speech? Like, who is this guy? He just sits in the room all day? What is he on, bro? Well, well he's, gotta, open. he's got to meet with 15 angels. You got to give the guy some time, man. I know. I, I know. Well, well, apparently he's uh, uh, laying around all day, uh, and he gets massages all night from uh, a woman he's not related to. They, they, they uh, uh, run a fan for him um and just take care of them at night so um um so in 1908 <clears throat> mirza glomamas so look his doctor says when um the night mirza glomamas was, was was about to die his doctor says he walked in the room and the guy's sitting on a wooden toilet right and that's how his doctor his main doctor came up across the scene so first he had diarrhea all over the floor then they went and got a wooden toilet because back then i don't you know I, I, I think they had like an English toilet, but it was expensive and it had to be on like the fifth floor or like because of gravity, they use gravity. Um, but uh, so so he dies of cholera uh, um, and then uh, Nuruddin becomes the Khalifa. Um, so Nuruddin is dealing with these internal problems and he's living in the house. So... Um, when he dies, uh, um, he was amputated too because he fell off a pony. So he was bedridden for, for he was only a Halifa for like six years. Uh, I think even less than that, like five years and 10 months. But uh, he couldn't lead the prayers. He couldn't give the hutbah Jummah anymore because he's stuck in a bed because his leg is amputated. Um, so um, 1914, this is where the split happened. This is where the Lahoriam these get created. They're like, uh, uh, Mirza Glomamah's son's a loser. He's an idiot. He failed the metric, and his dad owns the school. <laughs> Can you imagine if your dad owns the school in your town, your dad's the chief, and you failed the metric 
examination and all the teachers are your dad's employees and you still fail it's like you're right so did, did they want to make this guy the Khalifa? and he's he's the eldest son from the second marriage so from the first marriage both sons didn't accept him one of them died mga didn't even go to the funeral the second one is still alive they were able to bribe his second his eldest son's children and get them to join Amadeus. we're not you know it's 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 uh you know and they do that they'll boycott you and bribe you and pigeonhole you into a financial situation to where you don't have an option. So, the, you know, so there's uh, a lot of money being thrown around, it seems. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of money, bro. The British government built a college for them at Gadion for free. Cost like uh, a lot, like 50,000 rupees. They just built it for them. They built a railway station for them for free. Um, I mean, brother. The British government is doing, doing everything for these guys. You know, in, they're in the UK. We're trying to get them investigated by the Charity Commission. You think the UK government's going to allow that? No way. So behind the scenes, they, they got a lot of protection. So anyhow, in 1914, his, his eldest son from his second marriage, so his third eldest child, uh, becomes the Khalifa at age 25. Um, and he creates a lot of the organizational stuff. Um, then at the end of World War One, they're given access to the British colonies, not the French colonies, the British colonies, and they get access to America, uh, um, et cetera, et cetera. They come to America and corrupt African-American people. Um, African-American people read the Ahmadiyya Quran, which is Kufr, and then they create their own Kufr, <laughs> yeah. right? the nation, yeah. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, uh, um, so Elijah, um, so, so Elijah Muhammad admitted to reading Amnia literature. This is where he got everything from. So it's like, okay, bro, it makes sense that you know. And um, even the Nation of Islam don't really believe in Jesus, the last Islam, and his miracles and his second coming, and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so then they ended up moving to to Pakistan. Um, like I mentioned, in 1947, they fled Gavion, um and uh, they were given a city. The second Khalifa dies in 1965. His eldest son takes over. <laughs> so you had the eldest son, and the eldest son again takes over. He's Khalifa for 20 years. He dies. His brother takes over. Uh, and then now a nephew of theirs has taken over. So it's a family business. In Pakistan, they actually operate as a for-profit. They own hospitals. They own that city. Um, they own businesses like Shazan. Have you ever had of Shazan? Yeah, it's been a while since. I don't eat or drink any of their stuff. Throw it away, brother. Throw it away. There's other mango juice out there. But Shazan is a front. Really, it's owned by the Amity movement. Really? Okay. Um, and all the profits funded the Mirza family. <laughs> right? So, 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 we, so boycott Shazan. Yeah, boycotts is on, and uh, like I, I have an essay about all their companies. Uh, uh, you're basically helping uh, them if you don't. So, uh, uh, and we're getting the word out, brother. You know, and, and that's sort of the mission. You know, I'm I'm a blogger and a journalist, and I know a lot about the Amity movement. Uh, I know a lot about baseball too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I know a lot about basketball too. So I know a lot about aircraft maintenance. I know a lot of you know just things that I'm good at. I blogged about, you know, like people ask me why you're doing this. Well, I know a lot about 
should I not talk about it? That's what you're supposed to do in career development, whatever you're good at. If you're a baker and you're working as a baker, make a blog, you know, um, write about your profession. Why not? You know, so, so yeah. Th and now we're at the fifth Khalifa. And, you want to you wanna hear something interesting? There's somebody who doesn't like you on here. Oh, oh, really? They, they, I'm telling you, they follow me everywhere I go. They, they hate they me found, that much. How'd they find my channel? They said you have a mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that is hilarious. Look, did they hate me that much? Bro, I was in the U.S. Air Force six years. I fixed aircraft. It's really hard to read these uh, technical manuals. It's not easy. You know what I mean? I went to college. My dad hated me because I didn't want to do Amadea. So I, so... Uh, you know, I didn't know, but Allah was with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Allah yeah. helped me achieve all this. Um, you still got to put in the work. Allah's not just going to give anyone anything. You still got to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you still got to put in the work. So, um, uh, uh, so these guys hate me, bro. My brother, <laughs> uh, Huram Shah, and he, and the team, the Amadea troll team, has been cyber stalking me and trolling me for five to six years. Uh, there's a guy in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Damon Stengel, he fits the profile of a school shooter, right? He's this white guy who converted to Amadea. This guy's crazy. He's been stalking me for four or five years, you know, me posting photos about me, trying to say I'm this, I'm that. First they said I'm an alcoholic. And it was funny, look, then they said, and my brother said this, he says, oh, Bashir doesn't know how to read the Quran. I was like, read the Quran. I learned with you. Our dad taught us both at the same time. You were there. <laughs> Why would you say that? You know, I can read the Quran, you know, probably not as fast as English. You know what I mean? English, I'm, yeah, yeah. you know, but I can read the Quran. And I, I, can, I can guarantee you, you can read better than the Khalifa. Then, so, so look, <laughs> let me get to that. Let me get to that. So, so you know, I, I learned how to read basic Arabic. If I went to Saudi Arabia, I wouldn't pass fifth grade or something. You know what I mean? Like right now. You know, if I went and studied, okay, uh, inshallah, you know what I mean? Uh, but I, I haven't been studying it. But I don't interpret the Quran. You know, I've never personally interpreted it. I follow the scholars. So, so, I, mean, so I mean, hold on. What does it matter if, 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 if I'm leading Salat at the Masjid? I'm not. I don't lead Salat at the Masjid, bro. There's a line, and there's so much better than me, I probably won't get a chance. You know what I mean? Um and I'm, I'm not even asking. We'll let the kids, you know, the, um, the local Islamic center that, that, we, we, uh, um, that we go to. So anyways, then they start making this argument. Oh, he doesn't even know the Quran. So, so uh, I go on a channel called Muzzy Buzz. And <clears throat> he, he pulls up the Halifa's Fatiha. He's like, bro, I got like 10 mistakes in the first three verses. There was, there's, a guy, brother, there's a brother in the comments. He's saying Ahmadiyya itself is an illness. Exactly. Amadeus is the illness. Yeah, Amadeus is the mental illness. It's it's people who want to be important, who want to say, "Oh, I accepted the Messiah." Bro, read the Quran. You're not here to be important. Your your responsibilities are to your wife and your children, and you should be humble, even when you give charity. The best charity is given silently. You know, um, you don't go out and give feed a homeless man and, and make a video and put it on IG, bro. You know what I mean? If you're going to do it the right way, you feed the poor, that's not how you do it, brother. Allah is not going to like that. Allah does not love the arrogant or, you know what I mean? So, mm. so <clears throat> Muzzy Buzz pulls up his Fatiha and it's all wrong. So then, uh, 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 so we're having a field day. We're like, bro, this guy can't pronounce the Ain. 
He can't yeah. say the ayin. He said he, he turned it into an alif. Well, you're, you, you're, you're changing fatihah when you say rabbil alamin. You're yeah. calling Allah the Lord of the teachers instead of the Lord of the world or the universe. Yeah. That's a different fatihah that you're saying when you miss the ayin. I think there's like five ayins and, and, and a, a ayin in the last verse, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. We're like, this guy is missing the ayins, <laughs> which means if you were taught the ayin as a child, you know it. Now, yeah. once you're yeah. o- once you're over twenty, you really gotta study. You really so, gotta so, put in the work. So I actually did. I did hifz of Quran, and when I went to Pakistan to memorize the Quran, I hadn't been properly taught the ayin. So we took about six months to do ayin, ayin, ha, ha, qaf, kaf, za, za. You know, to differentiate between all of those letters, we spent almost six months. To get those letters right so i spent almost a year just on tajweed and you know being you know he claims to be the khalifa of you know all of the muslims as they like to say and you know and you can't even recite the fatiha correctly i mean i i'm pretty sure you're not doing something right right and look he's not like us like look i've been working since i was seven years old brother i've been busy you know no one fed me i i my, my parents would use me for labor i had to i'm busy this guy, Mirza Masur Ahmed, didn't do anything with his life. He's been sitting around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look up his record. It's like, bro, what did you do? When, where, where did you work? Oh, oh, you didn't have a job. You've never had a job in your life. Uh, up to age 25, you were jobless. Um, you claim to have went to college. We doubt that because he can't even read Urdu properly. Um, and that's coming up. We're going to uh, uh, go, go, go over his Urdu. And, you know, when he leads the prayer... And he makes those mistakes. Look, I don't lead the prayer. You know, I, I, I might lead the prayer at home with my children. Or, you know, if I'm at home and there's another guy, another, hey, brother, you know, hey, you want to lead? Okay, brother, 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 I'll lead. Okay. You know, m- mistakes happen. That's not a big deal. But when you're at the masjid <laughs> and you're leading the prayer for hundreds and hundreds of people, that's an entirely different scenario. So we nailed him on it. Look, now my brother is my brother and the Amdi Answers guy and all these guys. Now they're saying, no, even if you try, it's double reward. And we're like, okay, we, we, we agree. Any Christian, anyone tries to read the Quran, can't pronounce it properly, they'll get a double reward. Not the Halifa. He doesn't, he doesn't get that. Uh, he's supposed to know that. You know? And Mirza Ghulam Ahmed had the same problem. You know, he couldn't say the Ka properly. He couldn't say the Ain and the Ain properly. Um, he, 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 couldn't, he couldn't even memorize longer chapters of the Quran. Like, okay, when I was a kid, I memorized like the last 10. Or like, like maybe if, if, you're, if you're like advanced a little bit, you go to like 15 or 20, right? The last 15 or 20, you memorize the Fatiha, you memorize like the first 10 verses of chapter 2, basics, right? This guy couldn't even do that. So when the um, Halifa does not lead the uh, Tarawih <laughs> during Ramadan, he's never led it. Uh, and you'll never find a video of the Halifa, uh, uh, you know, because after Fatiha, you have to say some verses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you, you, you can read from the back of the Quran the shorter chapters, or you can start on chapter two and go as long as you want, right? Um, you'll never have, have hear audio of him doing that because they turn it off. They will not even <laughs> let that go out because, you know, I think we, we caught him 
uh, trying to recite chapter 91 or I, I put it on my TikTok and the comments are just like, brother, this guy doesn't know, you know, uh, uh, some classic verses that people use in Salat and he, he has no rhythm. He has no flow. He's saying it like he's trying to talk. <laughs> I mean, like, what? No, you, you, you have to, Bashir, Brother Bashir, you have to be, you know, regularly reading to have a flow. You can't just, you know, when we when we get up there for Taraweeh, Alhamdulillah, I've led Taraweeh for over 20 years now. When you get up there to lead Taraweeh, instantly the flow comes back because, you know, you're in, you're, you're in practice. If somebody, like, sometimes we'll have somebody who comes to lead and they haven't led in many years, you'll see that they'll struggle a little bit, but after some time, they'll catch on. But, you know, if you're not reading at all, you know, you really can't catch on. What are you going to catch on to? Exactly. And remember, he's got nothing else to do, really. He, he could study all day. It's not like, you know, he manages. Okay, and here's the other thing. His name is not on any other paperwork. Remember that. His name is on nothing. The Ahmadiyya movement, it's, it's really called the uh, AMJI, Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat International. And they're run out of the UK. And every country falls under the umbrella of the AMJI. So if, if you look up the directors, this guy ain't to be found anywhere. So it's straight up, you're from Pakistan, we say number do. Do number Right? That's exactly what it is. Um, they've even, you know, uh, 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 went to court and, like, denounced their newspapers because they had their newspapers owned by personal people and not like the community so they were like oh we didn't write that that's not even our newspaper that belongs to someone else go sue him so in, in terms of legal um there it's basically like pepsi you know if, if pepsi had a religion this is what it is or scientology or judge to jehovah's witnesses you know um they run it as a corporation a non-profit corporation that doesn't well, in america they don't even have to publish like their financials it's sort of like the mob mentality where you don't know the next layer up. Uh, they know who's below them, but you don't know who's above them, you know, so you keep the ownership separate. Right. And um, in America, the Halifa's brother is in charge of the of the community. He's like yeah. the president. So You don't hear about them too much in America like you do in Canada, though. Right, right. Because in Canada, brother, listen, brother, I grew up in California. I love my Mexican people, bro. I love my black people. I love my Sikhs. I love everybody. I, you know, um, are, they did not give Mexicans immigration in Canada over the last 40 years. They could have just had half the country come. You know, we're, we're all in NAFTA anyways. We're all uh, America, Canada, and Mexico. We're all connected. Why didn't they let Mexican immigration? They, they could, so instead, they, um, in Canada, they needed people. Uh, to boost GDP, you need people. Same thing in the UK. If you don't have a workforce, your your, your GDP is not going to go up because you need to produce. So Canada. So remember, the, um, the British Empire never ended. Um, never ended. They lied to us, and they put in puppet government all yeah. around the world. So yeah. there's something called the British Commonwealth. <laughs> yeah. It's like what? What is the what is this? Well, Canada is, is still owned by the British owned by the queen so they're in already because <laughs> they're with the queen they're already in bed with yeah. them right so in 1984 they created persecution so so now we get to the persecution it's self-generated muslims in pakistan left them alone muslims don't care you know the uh the imams and the sheikhs 
said, leave them alone. Don't touch them. Don't put a hand on them. Um, <clears throat> the fourth Khalifa, in concert with Zial Huck, had a law passed called Ordinance 20. So in 1974, they were, all, they were declared non-Muslim. And that's an inside job, too. Um, in 1984, Zial Huck passes Ordinance 20, which says uh, they can't pretend to be Muslim. <laughs> you know, they can't have minarets on their temple. Their place of worship cannot be called a masjid. They cannot give the azan. They can't say Asalaamu Alaikum in public. Even though, uh, bro, I was in Pakistan 2003 and 2004. I, I'm actually married and am the woman. And everywhere I went, I said Asalaamu Alaikum. I went to my dad's village, I said Asalaamu Alaikum to everybody. No one said anything. No one touched me. And they knew I was a Qadiani. I went to the Qadiani temple in, in Lalamasa for Jummah. And no one touched us. And everyone knew, and, and um, my dad was actively doing dawah all through his village, buying people tractors, satellite dishes, televisions. He was buying them everything. Um, you said you said your dad became Ahmadi, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so my dad's story is, and in my dad's village, there's no Ahmadis in my dad, no Qadiani Ahmadis or Lahori Ahmadis in my dad's village. My dad, my um, grandfather was not an Ahmadi, nor nor was my grandmother. My dad's mamu, his mom's brother, had converted to Ahmadiyyas. And he went to live with him because he didn't have a job. He failed high school. So he's like 13, 14. What am I going to do? Oh, okay. Uh, mamu, they got to pay a civil, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, mamu yeah. didn't have any sons. He had two daughters. And he had a shop. So they're like, okay, maybe you can be useful or something. Yeah. So, yeah. He, so his mamu was an Ahmadi. And his oh, mamu okay. converts him. Okay, okay. His mamu converts him. So once he converts, now it, now his his mamu's shop is gone. So they they get him married to an Amni girl and give him a job in Wapda. That's a good job. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, a good I, job. I, I, that's a good. He he gets a job in Wapda. So <clears throat> he's doing good. So you were he telling decides, me about how nobody persecutes you for saying salam or anything. Yeah, so I was in Pakistan, 2003, 2004, best experience of my life. That was probably the experience that had made me leave Amadeus because I went to their city, and I married a woman from there, and I met people, and I'm like, these people are not who they say they are. <laughs> like, it's far beyond, like, why, why are they making this all up? I was so baffled. Um, but so I said, Islam alaikum to hell of people. No one said anything to me, bro. They knew I'm a Qadiani Amdi. They know I'm visiting from America. Um, and so, so really, bro, people are going to leave you alone. Now, if you start telling Muslims that you, you, you have shared beliefs because you believe Isa al-Islam hasn't died yet, and you, and you start going out looking for trouble, you see what I mean? One yeah. thing is when you look for trouble, um, you can avoid trouble, but if you go out looking for it, I, I don't know what to tell people, you know, in, in, in my life... I grew up in California. If you go out looking for trouble and you get it, you got what you deserve. You know what I mean? We don't see it as, oh, it's so bad. What happened to you? Why did you go up to 10 people and insult them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Why would you do that? You know, um, insulting people is not cool, bro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Never>. so, <laughs> so, so look, here's the plot. 1984. Let's go back to 1984. The Fort Khalifa is stuck in Pakistan. The Iran-Iraq war is going on. The Soviets are in Afghanistan also. 
he's trying to get the hell out of there. He's like, anything can happen. In the 80s, in 1984, we didn't know if it was going to be a nuclear war. We didn't. There's a war all around Pakistan. So he's so he comes up with the idea, I'm going to get Zial Huck, the president, to pass this law, and I'm going to leave on asylum. And I'm going to get Amnesty to leave. And this is the business I'm going to run. So, in, in fact, in, in Germany, there's more Amnesty's than in Canada. Because yeah, the yeah, German yeah. government... Because, look, the Germans didn't have... Uh, they, uh, they couldn't say no, <laughs> right? Because it's like you lost World War II and you were really bad, so now we're going to dump these guys on you that we need to help anyways. So in 1984, the asylum thing starts happening. Um, there were maybe 500 Kadiani Amdis in all of Germany up to that point. In the UK, there were maybe a thousand, maybe. In Canada, there was like 300 to 500. 1983, 1984, in America, there was like 300. Asylum hit. This is what they're doing. They created persecution. They generated persecution. And now they're using it for asylum. And they've convinced these governments that it's legit. So the Shia, who are persecuted in Pakistan more than any other group, they don't get it. Christians don't get it at the same rate as Qadiani Amdi. Yep. Sikhs don't yep. get it at the same rate. So why are these guys getting it? You know, Amadis so can get asylum in Israel. Not in Israel. Uh, did I say Israel? No, I said Israel. No, 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 no. They're not getting it in Israel. No way. They're... The Israelis aren't letting them in either. <laughs> you sure? I heard they have a bunch yeah. of them. They do. Oh, they, they do. They, uh, uh, they've had a temple there since 19, uh, I think it's the 60s. And it's a small town called, called uh, Kababir near Hatfa. And um, the, uh, the international uh, Baha'i headquarters is there too. <laughs> so remember, they have a lot of similarities with the Baha'is. In fact, you know, Mirza Gulam said he saw God in a dream. I spoke for a lot. Then he said he was the son of God. And he took a lot of the Baha'i beliefs. You know, chapter 4, verse um, 69, the Baha'is were using that verse to say prophethood hadn't ended. You know what I mean? And then he used and then they used it. So he, just, he took a lot from the Baha'is. But anyway, so in Israel, they have religious freedom. They love it. They get to do anything they want. They got no complaints. It's in Palestine they're saying they're persecuted because the Muslims of Palestine are like, if you marry an Amdi girl, that's not a nikah. <laughs> it's yeah. like invalid. I, it's like invalid. So, so th there have been court cases in Palestine where it's like, oh, you just converted to to, to um Gadianism? Your nikah broke. You're not even married to this girl anymore, <laughs> or something like that. It's it, it's deep like that. I I don't exactly remember, but uh yeah, in Israel they're you know, but in Israel they're dying because their younger generation isn't isn't into it they converted yeah. you know of a, a, a few people from a village we don't even know how you know um it's all a mystery i posted all the research work on it um, uh, um on the blog but what they're really pushing is the persecution thing and that's how um they were able to get so many people in canada and uh their jamia which is like how they train their murabis <laughs> To be Murabis is also they have one in Canada, and and actually one one of their Murabis got caught, uh, and is is about to face federal time for uh, uh, for sexual exploitation 
of four to five different women in America where he would get videos and blackmail them. And, and this is at their school in Canada. Um, and, and of course, they won't give a public comment. So, um, uh, bro, they're all messed up. Uh, uh, even their marubbies are not like the pick of the litter. You know what I mean? In Rubba, they, they tell me, bro, if you're a loser and you fail everything, go be a marubbi. At least you'll get, you know, roti, 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 pani, you know what I mean? Oh my uh, at least you'll get something. In, 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 if not, you're going to be out there doing backbreaking labor, bro, and you'll oh. be dead at 45. So. so so one of the questions I have is, so as Muslims, as, as Muslims, actual Muslims, we see them as, you know, non-Muslims. They're not Muslim at all. You know, having this belief in a prophet afterwards. Where do they position themselves? Do they see themselves as the right jamaat and everybody should come follow them? What is, what is, how does that work? Yeah, so they quote the, the famous um, hadith about the 73 sects. Only one will, will go to heaven. Uh, I think uh, um, Abdul Wahab had posted the same hadith. Uh, and, and, and they say, we are the saved sects. <laughs> Uh, and it's like, well, no, there is no sect being talked about here. It's saying, you know, people who follow the sunnah properly, they will go to heaven. You know what I mean? It's, it's not saying that, you know, the Malikis did it right and the Hanbalis didn't do it right or this or that. It's like, no, if you follow to the best of what you could understand where you were living, you know, in my, you know, and, and, and please, um, please clarify, but. That's what they claim to be. And they see everyone else as Kafir, but they say it under their breath. They say that they don't say it openly. They believe it, but they don't say it. And it's like, because um, ever since they moved to Pakistan, that's what they started doing. But when, when they were in British India, they'd say it to your face. Mm. Okay, so um, uh, they say that Allama Iqbal was okay with their movement and was okay with them. What what do you know about that? Because, you know, obviously Allama Iqbal, from whatever we can read, whatever we can see, and whatever we can think of, he probably wouldn't think like that. Who? Allama Iqbal, the, the famous poet. Allama, okay, so this is a long story. Uh, okay. Allama Iqbal, I think his uncle was an am, was a Qadiani Amni. Okay. Um, and then he... He ended up siding with the Lahoriamdis after the split, but there's something up with him, bro. And you know, some you know in Pakistan he, he's like a hero. Yeah. But I'm yeah. like, uh, go and pull up his writings on 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 the Mahdi and the Messiah. And you know, I think he believed that um, Isa Islam is dead, and then there's yeah. no Mahdi gonna come. So uh, that was a trend, brother, in in British India, also in Egypt. That was a trend, where all of a sudden out of nowhere. Uh, well, there was a guy named Sir Sayyid Ahmed Khan who started. Yeah. Okay. He he denied. If you read his uh, uh, tafsir, he denied all the miracles. He he uh, he said that Isa Aslam was dead, never gonna come back. Astaghfirullah. Um. So so this is what the British wanted. Because look, if, if if you read Islam, you'll see in in Islam it's clear as day that um Christians will be in power. Till, until the Messiah returns, <laughs> and the the Mahdi will have started the government, and this is like this is what Muslims believe. So the British colonists saw that and was like, "How do we stop it? You know, um, how do we stop this mindset?" So uh, they got Sir Sayyid Ahmed Khan to deny the concept of the Mahdi, the Messiah, and then you 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 got these educated Muslims 
who are adopting, they're not Amity because they don't want to believe in him as a glom mammoth because they're like, he's silly or he's weird. But they're like, well, we'll believe that the rest of the stuff, you know, and it's like, bro, you made a mistake. You know, um, I, I, I think he even has a poem from 1905 where he talks about um, Isa al-Islam dying in Kashmir. It's like, mm. bro, you're way off, bro. You made a mistake. Somebody, somebody in the comment section is saying, Allah Iqbal denied the hadith on the Masa Messiah returning as well as the Mahdi, just like Sir Sayyid Ahmad Khan, so he couldn't have been Ahmadi. I mean, I don't, I don't know too much about that. This was a question somebody asked me to ask you. So I was like, you probably have some insight into it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you got to look it up. And he, he went off on the Qadiani Amdis in 1933. In 33 to 34, he went off on them. And he says, these guys are traitors. Be look out for them. He went off on them, bro, historically. But he still yeah. had these beliefs, you know, and, and, you know, uh, uh, India was a hot spot for this, and also Egypt around the Suez Canal, which also the British. Bro, there's billions of GDP that go through the Suez Canal every day. That's probably why uh, Israel's a puppet state. You know what I mean? And it's positioned there because that's if you stop the supply route, you know, you stop a government, bro. Because if you can't get your supplies uh, to the other side of the world fast enough, um, you, you know that um, that could be a problem. So, uh, Alamic Ball. Hit the blog, read about him. I know he's a hero, but uh, and, and and he had a beef with the, with Kadiani Amdi, not Lahori Amdi. He 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 liked them. He even went to some of their meetings. Um, but yeah, that that's the story on on Alama Ball, bro. So so my my final question to you for today, for today's session at least. Um, so obviously in the Quran we know it talks about the Khatam and Nabi and the finality of the Prophet sallam. How do Ahmadis or Qadianis contend with that? And I know I've heard some of your other interviews and you discussed that, but obviously for my own viewers and my own listeners, I want you to shed a little bit of light of how they play word games with that and how they, you know, over time they've changed it, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there to make it, you know, sound and sync with what they're trying to believe themselves. And Alhamdulillah, you're... You know, <laughs> you're trying to plunge away at their beliefs, so you know you clear up the path for them, so they can see the truth. Right, right, right. So, so they'll say, "Oh no, we, we believe in Hatim and Naveen. <laughs> it's like, why would you say it like that? Why aren't you just blunt and tell the truth? You know? But they'll say, "Nope, we believe Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the Hatim and Naveen. Uh, we believe the same as the Muslim." It's like, no, you don't. Why are you lying about this? It's it, it, it's all a ride. They want to get you in the car and take you on a ride, and they're going to tell you this and tell you that. My dad loved arguing with people. He's a debater. I'm not. I don't, I, I've never had a debate. Like, you can look it up on YouTube. I've never sat down and debated anyone. I give the information. Now, if anyone wants to learn about it or they have a question about it, they can ask me. But I don't sit there, you go, I go. It's like, bro, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to show you what Mr. Gromamma did that's wrong and bad. And, you, you know, I'm looking for an answer, you know. For example, um, Mr. Gromamma pr um, presented a hadith, uh, somewhat of a hadith from Ibn Abbas in Sahih Bukhari, which is a chapter heading where uh, um, Ibn Abbas said, Mutawafika means Mumituka, um, um, right? But everyone knows he meant that chapter 3, verse 55, Inni Mutawafika Warofeoka was out of sequence. He says verses don't have to be in order, like one thing has to come after the other. And he was saying that, uh, that maybe it means he'll die when he returns. 
And it's like, okay, well, that makes sense. And he, you know, if you want to be, if you want to take it there, but you don't have to take it there. So I'll, I'll ask him, why didn't Mirza Glam Ahmed present this accurately? Why did he present it the way he presented it? Same thing with prophethood. They're not presenting it right. You know, they're trying to sell something and they'll, they'll do anything to sell it. So that's wrong, brother. I don't sell Islam. We're not allowed to sell it. You know, brother, I tell everyone, when if you want to join Islam, when Ramadan comes around, you're going to see if you're a man or not because you're not going to be able to eat. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got to do it. You got to pray minimum five times a day. That's like the starting point. Yeah. You know, you can't get out of it, bro. Stop looking at women. Stop looking around. You know what I mean? Try not to look around. <laughs> you know, um, learn to avoid the shaitan, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not here to sell it. They're going to take you on a ride and say, Hatam and Nabi'een, we, we believe the same. There's, you know, uh, um, but it's not the same. They believe thousands of prophets could come. They believe, uh, um, I mean, et cetera, et cetera, you know, it, it just keeps going. So, so, so it's like, when do you uh, say, bro, enough is enough? Um, you know, why do you want to debate me <laughs> and just say your arguments? And they're looking for a stage. They're looking for a platform because there's so few of them. They're trying to get converts. So, so they're willing to say whatever they need to say to do whatever they need to do. And, uh, and, 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 and that's the story. So whether it's Hatham and Nabi'een or Ismahu Ahmed, uh, chapter 61.6 is, is, is the famous verse of Ismahu Ahmed. They'll, they'll say, okay, that also includes Mizaglaman. And, and then they'll say, oh, and then, then it doesn't. Well, which one is it? <laughs> you can't have both positions. Um... You know, pick, pick a position, bro. Um, either um, Hatham and Nabi'een means uh, there's no more prophets that can be born. Or it means something else. Don't say it means everything because it's like I mean, you just. I mean, their their religion sort of like clay. They can mold it whichever way they need to find whatever way they need to get followers. Exactly. There it is. That's exactly what it is. And Muslims, we don't. We're not going to change Islam to help because someone wants to join, and you know, someone's like, "Can you make it fit me?" <laughs> it's like. I mean, I mean, you know, that's that's one of the you know that's one of the things we're facing now in the current society with Islam is people are trying to change it for their personal beliefs, and you know, you should look at a a cult like Ahmadiyya to see what happens when you try to do that. It turns into a complete dumpster fire, and that's why you know we have rules and regulations, and we have we have limits, and you know, obviously with the Ahmadis, a lot of times you know they bring up very like side points are very like you know completely out there things like they'll be like oh some of us were sayyids it's like just because you're sayyid doesn't mean you're right if you're going against the teachings of the prophet muhammad being a sayyid or not being a sayyid is not going to make a difference and sometimes they're like well we're hanafi like you can be hanafi you can be wahhabi i don't care but if you're not following the teaching of the prophet what difference does that make to me exactly brother exactly that's exactly what it is uh they don't even follow authentic hadith like there's no such thing to them as authentic um hadith uh to them whatever mirza glam Muhammad says is authentic is authentic whatever he says isn't isn't <laughs> oh, man. so so, so inshallah so, go ahead yeah let me let me just say one 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 more thing i had the biggest shock of my life in 2005 because i thought it, it was close to islam 
once I looked it up and I read about it, I said, this is not even close on so many levels, you know, and, and, you know, only Allah guide. So, so maybe Allah made me a certain way where I'm fair with people and I don't pick sides. I don't have a best friend and, and he's on drugs and I keep telling him he's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, or he, yeah. or, or, or he sprained his ankle and I see purple and I tell him he's okay. I see purple. I'm like, bro, you're not walking for two months. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got to tell you the truth. You know, some people say I'm, I'm too direct, but I, I, I don't, I don't tell people things that are not true. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. Now, you know, with, with women is different because you always tell them they're beautiful. No matter what. You know, if it's your wife, if it's your wife, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you better, I mean, you know, you have to say that. But uh, uh, <laughs> um, so what's it called? Um, inshallah, I want to follow up with you. Inshallah, we'll take it offline. We'll talk about it because I want to go over the aqidah, the beliefs, get a little bit deeper into that, and then obviously talk about the current situation of the Ahmadiyya and the turmoil they're facing because they're going through a lot of turmoil because of their own, you know, self-inflicted, you know, self-inflicted or self-created issues because of you know not following on the deen properly, things like this will happen. Especially something you've recently shed light on, like the rape scandals which continue to happen amongst them, and they don't do anything to fix that because there's no purpose for them to fix anything. Um, but but I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate all the knowledge. And, you know, um, there were a few people who came in the comment section. I didn't read all of them, but like this one person, I, I had to read that, you know, to get your reaction at least to see what you thought about it. But I really appreciate your time, Brother Bashir. I really do. Um, sounds good, brother. I'm, I'm here to help. Uh, I, I have a specialization in one small area of Islam, and that's, uh, uh, you know, with Qadianism. Um, you know, for, for the rest of Islam, I normally go to brothers like you and I'm learning every day, you know, and um, and I keep learning. And you know, uh, Islam is a beautiful deen, and uh, I wish more brothers would be would be interested to go read because it's telling about who we are and what where we're gonna go after uh, this first life. We're gonna have another life, so uh, I'm curious to know. So, yeah, brother. I appreciate it. Jazakallah khair, brother, for your time. Inshallah, I'll follow up and we'll set up another another podcast episode very soon to cover the rest of it, inshallah. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam.